0: Amen. 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 This morning, I'll be talking about surviving the desert seasons of our lives. Surviving the desert seasons of our lives. And we'll be going to the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, and uh, we'll be um, sharing based on a very familiar story uh, for all of us, the story of feeding um, the 5,000 people with uh, five loaves and two fish. Um, But I want to tell you that uh, this morning, I'm not here to reiterate that story. I'm here to share a lot of lessons, spiritual lessons, that uh, God taught me years ago from that story uh, about how to survive a desert season in your life. Now, the background of this story, I want to start with the background of this story. It's very interesting. Uh, We are looking at Mark chapter six, verses 35 through 42 is uh, uh, the scripture portion for our meditation this morning. Um, but I want to start in, the, in chapter five, because if you look at the previous chapter, only then you will understand uh, the significance of what I am about to share with you. If you look at my, Matthew chapter five, you can see that Jesus did three big miracles in, uh, in Matthew chapter five. That Matthew chapter 5 is a chapter of miracles, great miracles. First we see at the end of chapter 4, Jesus crossed over to the other side of the uh, Sea of Galilee and met with uh, this uh, 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 this young man uh, who had lost his mind, uh, uh, Gadarenes. The, we call him the lunatic of Gadarenes. These days, if you use that word, people will be offended. So. Let me say that uh, this was a young man who had uh, a lot of issues and Jesus crossed over to the Sea of Galilee to meet with this young man and healed him. And then in that same chapter, we see the story of the the woman with the issue of blood who had uh, 12 years. Uh, who suffered 12 years and spent all her money on medicine and on doctors, but she could not get well. And she was at the the point of giving up when she heard that Jesus is passing by. And uh, she decided to trust in Jesus for her healing. And and we know that she received her healing. And then we know that uh, that miracle happened as Jesus was on his way to do another miracle, which was raising up. the the daughter of Jairus. So that miracle also happens at the end of uh, uh, that chapter. So three major miracles are happening in one chapter. Now, when we start uh, chapter six, it tells us that uh, from there, Jesus went to the village where he grew up. That village is the village of Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus is coming back to Galilee. You know, can you imagine you know, if you are a minister, you will understand God just used you so powerfully and three major miracles uh, just happened in your ministry. And you are coming back to your birthplace to meet with your own people. And, and I'm sure, you know, they had all heard the miracles that was done by the hands of Jesus. But the welcome that Jesus God in his birthplace was anything but warm. Because they turned down Jesus. They spoke against Jesus. They expressed unbelief. Can you imagine the previous chapter? We see three people receiving their miracle because of their faith. Because, I mean, two people because of their faith. And one person, despite his uh, inability to express his faith, God healed that person. And then he comes to his own city or his own village, and the people completely rejected him completely rejected him and they turned down um, turned down Jesus and at the end of that uh, first portion of chapter 6 we see Jesus making an exclamation saying that uh, no prophet is worthy of honor except in his own village no prophet is worthy of honor except in his own village and uh, and then he left from there now we live in an age and we live in a world like that you know when god uses you When God blesses you, you may think that people will be excited. You may think that uh, people will rejoice with you. But what happens in our world is that uh, people actually pour water on your excitement. Amen. Even when God uses you, you come back with a tremendous testimony of how God is using you. And you will think that people will rejoice with you. and, And people will shout hallelujah with you. And people will praise God with you. But that's not what we see in this world people will throw cold water on your excitement and and they will reject you. Amen. So what do you do at that time? What do you do at that time that's where this message actually birthed in my spirit because as a minister for the last 30 years i have gone through seasons like that in my my own life i have seen that same reaction from people in my own life but how do you respond to that when people throw cold water on you people try to pull you down instead of uh, encouraging you instead of rejoicing with you well, Jesus uh, shows us a great example of how to respond to a situation like that, a season like that in our lives. What Jesus did was he took his disciples, and the Bible says he started going through the villages and started ministering. In other words, the the response from the people did not change Jesus in any way. Amen. The response from the people did not change Jesus in any way, did not change the the ministry of Jesus in any way. In other words, the ministry of Jesus was not dependent on the accolade that he received from people, hallelujah. It did not depend on whether people accepted you or not. Amen. It was dependent on the conviction that uh, God has chosen you to do this in this season in your life, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah, and Jesus knew because the father had already spoken about him and he had to spend uh, that 40 days in the desert making sure of his calling and his ministry. So once he left from uh, that, uh, that, uh, that desert and started ministering among the people, it didn't matter who accepted him, who didn't accept him. It didn't matter who was giving him accolades and who was throwing cold water on him. Because as long as you have a conviction in your heart that you are doing what God has asked you to do, you don't have to worry about what other people say. You don't have to worry about what other people think. You don't have to worry about the accolades of people. You don't have to worry about the slanderings of people. You don't have to worry about the bad mountings of people. You don't have to worry about what people write uh, against you. Because as long as you know what you are doing, what God has asked you to do, you, that conviction will propel you to fulfill the call of God upon your life. And that's what we learn from Jesus. Amen. When his own village Turn him down when we saw the people in that that synagogue that he went to, where he actually started his ministry. Remember, in Luke chapter four, that's where he started his ministry by reading from Isaiah chapter sixty-one. That's where he started his ministry. But now, after uh, like in the middle of the season of his ministry on earth, when he goes back to that same synagogue, people don't want to receive him. Amen. Because they are looking at him in the natural; they are looking at him as the son of Joseph and. And they're wondering where in the world did he get these powers? Where in the world did he get this anointing? Where in the world he got the ability to, to do all these miracles? And there are so many questions and because of the questions in their mind, they are rejecting him. But it did not stop Jesus. Jesus took his disciples and went through the villages and started ministering just as he did before. Hallelujah. And the Bible says from morning till evening he was ministering. Amen. In other words, he was busier than before. Amen. This is what I want to tell all the ministers who are watching me this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Just because we are shut up in our homes, it doesn't mean that there is nothing for us to do. We can be busier than before. There are so many new ways to minister to people there are so many new ways that this digital age gives us platforms where we can go and fulfill the call of god upon our lives so i want to encourage all the ministers in gateway i want to encourage all the ministers who are watching me on facebook to let's do Let's do the ministry of God more than before. Hallelujah. Let's be busy in the kingdom work of God. Hallelujah. Let's not worry about how people are responding to it. Just follow the call of God upon your life. Hallelujah. Share your testimony with other people. Amen. Hallelujah. Call up somebody who is sick and pray with with those people. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know how to reach out to people and reach out to people and uh, let this be a season where we we where we reach out and minister to more people than ever before in our lives because everyone is shut up in their homes. Hallelujah. If you have a word from the Lord, I tell you, I guarantee you, there's an audience for you. Hallelujah. Amen. If you believe that, would you lift up your hand and praise God? Amen. Right from your homes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right from your homes. Lift up your hand. And praise God, hallelujah. If you have a word from the Lord, amen. There's an audience for you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are account, you have a counsel from the Lord, you have an audience. Amen. You have a you have a burning desire to pray with people, you have an audience. Hallelujah. If you have a song that will that will strengthen somebody, you have an audience in this season. So don't stop ministering to the Lord. Let's get busy ministering to the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what Jesus did from morning till night. He was, well, he was busy ministering with uh, his disciples, traveling from village to village. And, uh, and by the evening time, I mean, and Jesus told them, OK, let's take a break. And he, he took his disciples and went to a solitary area uh, to have a break, just to relax for some time. But you know the story, so I'm just running through this instead of reading the scripture verses. I'm I'm speaking from Mark Mark chapter 6. If you want to uh, read the whole story again, after the service, you're welcome to read through that chapter again. So when he withdrew to a solitary place, what happened? This crowd that had seen the miracle started following him. I want to tell you again, because this message, I have preached this message before. But let me tell you, as I was getting ready to preach this message with you this morning, God was filling my heart with fresh thoughts, amen, and fresh insights, and some of which I'm sharing with you, amen. Hallelujah! Again, you can see a division in the community, amen. Look at this: his own people rejected him, but look at the thousands of people are following him. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's right. Amen. His own people rejected him. When he went to his his own synagogue where he grew up, which he used to attend from his childhood, his own people didn't want to receive him. And they looked at him funny. And they thought his teachings are funny. And even though God was using him powerfully, even though God was using him to do miracles after miracles after miracles, none of that opened their eyes. None of that convicted them to change their thinking. They were looking at him funny. But look at this, that doesn't mean that nobody is following you. Hallelujah. When Jesus and his disciples withdrew to that solitary area, how many people followed him? Thousands of people followed him. Amen. Because in the miracle that we are about to look at, we see there were 5,000 men alone. 5,000 men alone. So look how many thousands of people are following him when some people are rejecting him. So once again, I want to encourage the ministers in my audience this morning and the ministers who will watch this message later. I want to encourage you. Don't worry who is accepting you and who is rejecting you. You do continue the ministry that God has given you. God, I believe that if God has called you, there's always an audience to follow you. You will always have an audience because that comes with your calling. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So when he moved withdrew. To the solitary uh, space amen thousands multiple thousands of p- people showed up there and they started listening to jesus again yeah. i mean they were not tired of the teaching teachings of jesus they were not tired of listening to jesus in fact the bible tells us that they they listened to jesus all day long amen that means for multiple hours they were mm-hmm. listening to jesus and we know nobody spoke like Jesus spoke. The sweet words that came out of the mouth of Jesus was sweeter than honey in the rock. So nobody left, nobody was uh, in unrest, nobody was in a a rush to leave from that meeting. They all sat there and listened to him until the evening came, amen. And when the evening came, all of a sudden, the, the committee got involved. When i say committee i'm talking about the 12 disciples of jesus because jesus is so fully involved in ministry but his followers are worried about other things you know naturally we have to worry about other things also so the disciples looked at the situation and they uh, told their master rabbi rabbi it's getting evening you know so we need to send these people home and 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 you know the reply from jesus jesus said no I'm not going to let these people go home. And Jesus turned around and challenged his disciples to give them something to eat. And we all know the story. But the story is not our emphasis this morning. The story is just the background. Amen. Our emphasis is how Jesus handled this crisis. Amen. And many of us are leaders in our own respect. How do you handle the crisis in your life? Amen. Many people are tempted to wash their hands when the crisis comes because when they looked around, they told Jesus, Jesus, we have to let these people go. They are with us all day long. We are, they were sitting in the open sun. We know they are tired and they need to eat and they need to drink and they need to go by home and get something to eat. Amen. And who are they talking to? Listen to this. Listen to this. Amen. Again, look at the attitude of these people. Who are they talking to? They are talking to the son of God. And these are the disciples who are with Jesus. When Jesus did all three miracles in chapter five. Amen. They were eyewitnesses to those miracles. And they had seen so many miracles done by Jesus prior to that. But now they are telling Jesus to his face. That Lord Jesus, we don't think even you have an answer for our problem today. Oh, hallelujah. Excuse me for getting excited. For a moment, I am forgetting that I am preaching to uh, my laptop. Amen. I feel like I'm preaching in our church this morning. Amen. I'm getting getting all excited here because I can sense the anointing of God coming upon me as I share this word. Hallelujah. I mean, they are looking the son of God at his face and saying that, Lord Jesus, even you don't have an answer to our problem today. Isn't that the attitude of many people as we are going through this crisis? Many people, many, many leaders have become silent. Amen. I have noticed that so many of the leaders have become silent during this pandemic. Amen. Because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say because they are thinking in the natural. Amen. They are looking at themselves and saying that we don't have an answer. So nobody has an answer. Amen. And that's what the disciples said. We don't have an answer. So no. So Lord Jesus, let them go. Jesus said, no, no, no. We don't give up on our people when they're going through a crisis. Amen. We don't go silent when people go through a crisis. We don't wash our hands and pull back when we go through a crisis. We get engaged. In the middle of the crisis, amen? And we start looking for solutions, hallelujah. And we start thinking what we can do in the midst of this. Amen. We may not have an answer ourselves, hallelujah. We may not have an answer ourselves, amen. But we serve a God who said, is there anything too difficult for me? Hallelujah. Praise God if you believe that. Come on, come on. Praise God for a minute if you believe that. Praise God for a minute if you believe that. that all over this place, praise God. Hallelujah. Because how did he challenge, how did he challenge his people? How did he challenge Abraham and Sarah? When they said, Lord, it's impossible for us to receive this blessing at this age. And what was the answer from the Lord? Is there anything too difficult for me? Amen. I acknowledge I don't have an answer for our problems in this season. I acknowledge that anybody in Gateway has an answer for this problem in this season. But all of us serve a God who has an answer for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give that Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. Come on, come on. All of you, all of you join with me. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Hallelujah. Knowing that he is able to take care of us. Hallelujah. 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 So, So what did Jesus say? We are not going to give up on people in the middle of their crisis. Amen. We will not forget our people when they are going through crisis. We're going to get involved. Hallelujah. And then Jesus told his disciples, change your attitude. Get involved. Amen. Don't be a problem-minded people. Be a solution-minded people. Can I repeat that again? Be a problem-minded. Don't be a problem-minded people. Be a solution-minded people. You know, solution-minded people always find solutions. Problem-minded people always stare at the problem and uh, and start crying. Oh, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? But the solution-minded people always find a solution. And Jesus said, for every problem in our lives, there is a solution. And Jesus challenged them and said, uh, Go among, go, go among these people and see what you got here. Amen. And son, I just need a seed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. And uh, and we know the story, so I'm running through the story. They came back and told Jesus, uh, here we have found a young boy uh, with a lunch, with a lunch in his hand, amen. My purpose this morning is to increase your faith. So I want you to pay attention to every point I'm sharing through this very familiar story, amen. So when this boy... When this, here is a boy, here is a boy. That's what Philip said. Here is a boy who has five loaves and two fish with him. But that's nothing. That's what uh, Philip said. Amen. Because he's again looking in the natural. So based on that sentence, I believe they went and got this boy because, and brought him to Jesus. Amen. I want you to pay attention to what I'm sharing with you. They brought this boy to Jesus. I mean. Two things to note from there. First of all, there's a little boy who wanted to listen to Jesus. Hallelujah, are you with me? This was a little boy who wanted to listen to Jesus. What does that tell you? He already had a faith in his heart. He already had a faith in his heart and he wanted to walk closer with Jesus. So he has come, he has come and sat among 5,000 men. A little boy sitting among 5,000 men listening to Jesus. Already God is God's word is at work in his heart. Hallelujah. And that's why he was there. Amen, number one. Number two, number two. Amen. When the disciples of Jesus went to him and said, uh, uh, listen, we are looking for something, Jesus said, uh, uh, Jesus has sent us to find if anyone has any food here. And he already found you. And uh, we are glad that you have a lunch uh, uh, packed with you. Uh, so can we take you to Jesus? That boy was willing to go to Jesus. That's the second thing I wanted to pay attention to. And the third thing I wanted to pay attention to was this. He was willing to give the little he had to Jesus so that Jesus could work with it. Can I repeat that again? He was willing to give the little lunch his mother had packed for him to to Jesus so that Jesus could work with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because every harvest is in a seed. Every harvest is in a seed. Our God does not need a harvest. Our God only needs a seed. And Jesus said, bring whatever you have here so that I can work with it. And Jesus, we know the rest of the story. Jesus took that bread in his hand and the fish in his hand and blessed it and started dividing and at least 5,000 men eat. And then we believe there were women and uh, children who ate along with them so it became a a point of a great miracle because of the expressions of faith amen I want you to pay attention to this. Look Again, look at the difference. When Je- how, Where did the story start? When Jesus went to his own synagogue, where people rejected him. They expressed only unbelief. And Jesus left from there, went through the villages, and healed many people. And then withdrew to the solitary place where many people joined. Thousands of people joined with him. And there, a little boy, decided to express his faith in Jesus by handing over his lunch packet to Jesus. Hallelujah. So it is the faith, expressions of faith that made that miracle possible. Amen. So this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to give you a couple more examples this morning before I stop. But before I go to the next story in the Bible, I want to encourage you. I want your expressions of faith that's going to bring the results in your life. Hallelujah. This morning, what fills your heart? Is it exp- is it faith or is it doubt? Because I have shared with you many times that doubt and faith cannot simultaneously dwell in your heart. Either your heart is filled with doubt or your heart is filled with faith. When faith enters, doubt leaves. Amen. When faith enters, doubt leaves. So fill your heart with faith this morning. Intentionally make up your mind to believe in God. Intentionally make up your mind to trust in God and, and intentionally make up your mind, make faith declamation. Amen. Hallelujah. My God is alive. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did miracles for me in the past, he can yeah. do miracles for me today. If he took care of me in the past, he can take care of me now. If he came through for my family in the past, he can came through for my family right now So let's fill our heart with expressions of faith this morning Hallelujah Because it is a, your expressions of faith That's going to pave the way for a miracle in your life this day So let's trust God Hallelujah So what is the lesson that we learn? When we look around We may think that we are going through a desert season in our lives There is nothing There is nothing There is nothing there when we look in the natural, there means nothing. Amen, I, I may be speaking to somebody like that. Maybe your pantry is empty this morning. Amen, I the cabinets in your kitchen may be empty this morning. The bank account may be empty this morning. Amen, I you can actually say, really say, truthfully say that I am going through a desert season in my life. How in the world I'm going to come out of this. But I want to tell you, God has an answer for you. Hallelujah. God has a provision for you. When you think, when you cannot see a solution, God can see a solution for you. Hallelujah. Amen. If you believe that, would you mind to lift up your hands and praise God all over this place? Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Praise God all over this place. Join with me this morning in praising God. Hallelujah. Because He always comes through for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I take you to another example in the Bible this morning, uh, which is uh, in uh, 1 Kings. First uh, Kings. We will go to 1 Kings at this time. Uh, I want to share with you a story from the life of Elijah. Again, this is a story that uh, all of you know. So I, am, I will quickly run through this. Amen. And uh, uh, let me just share the uh, spiritual lessons from here. Amen. We will be looking at... Uh, First uh, Kings chapter 17 verses 8 through 16. First Kings chapter 17 verses 8 through 16. Amen. Now uh, during this corona season I have posted many messages on Facebook. I have gone on many, uh, many platforms and shared the messages that God has given me with uh, members of different churches etc. Actually I've been more busy in ministry than and before uh, during this last month. Amen, I God gave me so many opportunity to minister on so many different platforms. I'm very grateful for that, amen. So in some of those messages, I shared a principle, amen. And that principle actually came from this chapter, this passage that we are about to discuss this morning. Amen, for every season, God has a plan, amen. amen. Repeat with me, for every season, God has, God has a plan, a plan. Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's not the same plan for every season though. When the seasons change, God's plan also change, amen. Just because the season in your life changed doesn't mean that God's plans have come to an end, amen. Now, just because God's plan for your previous season is not functional anymore, or it's not applicable anymore in this new season in your life, it doesn't mean that God does not have a new plan for this new season. Amen. And that's what we learn from the life of uh, Elijah. And we know that um, at the beginning of that chapter, Elijah comes into the court of uh, uh, King Ahab and, uh, and tells him there will be no rain in the land until he says it. Amen. Again, that itself is a faith declaration. Amen. Because in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 17, God had told the Israelites that if they leave him and they start following other gods and uh, forget the God who took care of them and the God who brought them out of Egypt and established them as a nation in Palestine, God will uh, shut up the heavens above them. And God told them the heaven heavens above you will, will, will become like copper and silver. That means they will see clouds in the sky, but those clouds will not have a drop of water. And then God told them, once I shut up the skies like that, you will perish from this land very soon. You know, I mean, when I read that passage again this week, in preparation for this message, I thought, Lord, that's how it happened to us today. Look at where the world was a month and a half ago, amen? I mean, everyone was talking about prosperity. The entire world was at peace and people were doing well, you know, and economy, 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 prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. That's the only word that we heard. But look at this, as soon as this pandemic started, the all over the world, not just one or two nations, 210 nations is the last, last account I heard has been brought to its knees by this pandemic. Amen. And God said, listen, once I withhold the blessings from your life, you will perish fast. Hallelujah. This morning, all of us know that principle. All of us can say earnestly, Lord, we are surviving because of your favor in our lives. Amen. Amen. Because you did not withhold the blessing. I'm so grateful as the pastoral gateway, me to, to report this morning that uh, not too many people lost their job in gateway i was very pleasantly surprised when we went into the month of april i was very concerned our peop- about our people and, and i was praying earnestly all of us were praying earnestly amen hallelujah in our know, joining in our prayer line and praying and praying and praying but to my surprise at by the end of uh, at the end of the month of uh, april i realized that not too many people lost their job God kept his favor alive in our lives. If you're grateful for that, would you mind to join With me in worshiping God. Amen. Can we lift up our hands and worship God? Amen. That He kept His favor alive. He kept our sources alive. He kept our blessings alive. He did not withhold. He did not allow the sky to turn into copper or silver above our heads. Hallelujah. We kept on receiving the streams of blessings into our lives. What a faithful God we serve. Hallelujah. And we know that uh, God had a plan to take care of His servant. And, and which was hiding himself in the brook of Kerith. amen. But that season came to an end because the, there's no rain in the land. So that stream dried out. And when that stream dried out, Elijah didn't know what to do. When the, when, the, when the arrival of the cross stopped, he did not know how he was going to face the tomorrows of his life. But God immediately told him that I have a plan for you. Your season is changing, Elijah. Your season is changing. But before you enter into your new season, I have already made a plan for your new season. Hallelujah. Can you praise God with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Before you enter into your new season, God has already made a plan for your new season. Nothing is a surprise to our God. It may come as a surprise to you because you will learn to depend on certain things. Elijah had learned to depend on the arrival of that crow for his sustenance every day. But so when the crow stopped coming, And he did not know how he was going to face his tomorrows. But God knew. God had already made a plan for this new season in his life. Hallelujah. So nothing takes him by surprise. God has a plan for you. Amen. Hallelujah. And that plan was to send him to a desert kingdom. Please pay attention to what I am about to share with you. And you know where God sent him? God sent him to a specific location. That's how we know this was foreordained by God. See, look at how specific God was when he mentioned that uh, plan to Elijah. God said, I have asked, I have ordered. Actually, he didn't say ask. He said, I have ordered a widow to take care of you in the city of Sidon. It was a city kingdom. A City Nation and God is telling him that I have ordered a widow to take care of you in the city state of uh, Sidon or Sidon and you know what is the specialty of Sidon, what is why Sidon we should pay attention to this morning. That's where Jezebel came from. (laughs) Jezebel was the daughter of the king of Sidon and who is trying to kill Elijah. It's Jezebel. And where is God sending Elijah to? To the kingdom of Sidon. And God is going to take care of him, hallelujah, in this kingdom of Sidon for the rest of uh, that uh, desert season. Hallelujah. You know, when you read Psalm 23 and you come across this verse that says, uh, he prepares a table before me, before my enemies. Hallelujah, thou preparest a table for me before my enemies, you think, oh, it sounds good, and many times we reiterate that, we quote that, uh, that phrase when we pray, but I want to tell you, Elijah was a man who literally experienced that, because God sent him to the kingdom of the queen who is trying to kill him. And God said, I'm not sending you there for one day. I'm not going to send you for one week. I'm going to send you for the rest of this desert season, which lasted for more than three years. Hallelujah. So this morning, don't worry. If God has to use your enemies to prepare your table, he will do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If God has to order your enemies to take care of you, he will do that. So just trust in God. He has a way to take care of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we praise God for his faithfulness? Amen. Can we all clap our hands and praise God for his faithfulness? Come on. Come on. Let's clap our hands together and praise God his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Because he is a God who will speak to your enemies if he need to to take care of you. Hallelujah. What a wonderful God we serve. Now, let me finish this sermon quickly. All right. Uh, So when Elijah got there, there were many, many widows. Many widows in that city state. God didn't say which widow He would be sending him to, so God again foreordained a way for Elijah to identify his answer. Amen. As he's is approaching that gates of that city state, he see a widow picking up wood. Now, in those days, widows dressed in a certain way, so immediately Elijah knew this woman is a widow. Amen. So, but Elijah did not know whether this woman is the one that, uh, that is going to take care of me, that, that has received the order to take care of me during this desert season. So, guess what? He decided to test, check her faith. Amen. Again, it says it's a question of faith. So, he started talking to this woman and told her, can you bring a glass of water? I've been walking all day long. Can you bring a glass of water? for me and uh, asked the women when to her home, went back to her home to glass the, get that glass of water. Uh, he started talking to her again and said, uh, by the way, when you come back, kindly bring also a loaf of bread. Now that was the test. That was the test of faith. I believe today that Elijah purposely asked that question because he knew that one widow, one widow was going to take care of him for the rest of that uh, uh, dry season. But he did not know which widow. So, so he's testing this widow to see where her faith is. So he asked her, Amen, can you bring a, a loaf of bread for me? Now the lady was very truthful. She said, uh, um, listen, this is my story. We have uh, just a handful, one handful of uh, dough and a little oil in our home. Mm-hmm. And we are thinking about making one bread and uh, eating that, sharing that with my son. That means half a bread for each of us. Half a bread for each of us. Because she said, I only have enough dough for one bread. And then then they were going to wait for their death. And they thought that was the end of their life. That's how their life was going to end. But Elijah told him, don't worry, trust God. Bring me a small of first, amen, and see what God will do. And guess what? She believed, she believed. And listen, this is not a Jewish woman, this is a foreign woman who is seeing Elijah for the first time. Now the way he was dressed up, he looked like a religious person, looked like a prophet, So she had heard about prophets in Israel. So she probably thought this is one of the prophets in Israel. But the first encounter with God, first encounter with the living God, and she's already choosing to believe that God. And it is her expression of faith that brought that great miracle in her family. Hallelujah. She decided to believe God and came back with a small loaf and a glass of water. So I'm pretty sure when she was walking back to Elijah, walking back to Elijah, she glanced into that pot to see, is it true? Is it true? Is it possible for what this man said to happen? Can his God really do that? And I'm sure she glanced, you know, um, into that pot and to her surprise that there was a uh, Dow again in that part and she realized that uh, this is truly a living God. Amen. And this is a God whom she can trust and she decided to put her trust in that God and invited Elijah into her home and that's when Elijah told her this is what my God told me God has uh, ordained a woman a widow to take care of me for the rest of this uh, uh, famine uh, this drought and uh, now i know you are that woman and she took him into her home and not only elijah ate not only this woman ate but uh, his entire extended household was able to survive that drought because she put to trash God. i'm going to stop my message there because after this we'll go into communion amen but uh i want to i want to tell you uh, when I can, as I conclude this message this morning, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you: Can you trust God this morning? Amen. You may be just like the disciples, looking around and seeing nothing. You to be just like this uh, widow who may be looking around and seeing nothing. Amen. You may be looking into an empty space this morning, but it does not matter because God has prepared amen things for you already Amen. I for the new season in your life during this drought season in your life god has already prepared amen things for you because he cares for you the bible tells us amen cast your burdens upon the lord for he cares for you god cares for you god has an answer during this pandemic for you Amen. Even if this extends through the month of uh, May, even if it extends beyond the month of May, God will take care of you. God has a plan for you. God will make sure you will have the resources that you need to survive. Amen.